Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, an Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is my favorite muffin maker, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Oh, good, thanks. It makes me feel really good. That you're a good muffin maker? Not just a good one, your favorite. Oh, you've never actually made me a muffin, but I'm sure if you did, it'd be really good. I've never made muffins, period, I think. <laughs> what do you do? Just like combine the bottom with the top with some kind of glue or... Yeah. All right, that sounds simple. I can do that. Yeah. I like actually scones. I like to make scones more than muffins. They're Ugh. easier. Ugh. Scones are amazing, Brandon. Scones are just shit biscuits. No, not the ones that I make. I don't like scones. They don't have the biscuits here in Australia. They just have scones. And I see them yeah. and I think, oh man, that looks like a delicious, flaky, buttery biscuit. And But it's just not. Oh. No, it's not. Mine are more like, like a cookie or a muffin or something. But is it because they're really dry, but they're not buttery? Yes. Whoa. They're rocks. <laughs> um i'm pretty sure that you're supposed to like dunk them in your coffee or something but you're supposed to do some shit with them but you're not going to eat them with your chicken so no thanks oh Oh, well so how's your week been going brandon i haven't talked to you in a whole week how you doing my week has been great oh that's good taco bell australia has just announced that they are putting a taco bell Half an hour away from where I live. Really? We t- we joke about this like at least once a, I don't know, once every couple episodes. This nightmare is coming to an end. <laughs> I'm going to be You know, able- you're going to eat the Taco Bell. You're going to eat the Taco Bell and be like, wait a second. This is, this is garbage. <laughs> I've never once in my entire life thought Taco Bell was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but... Australia is going to fuck it up somehow. You know it. They're going to be like, oh, beetroot on your fucking taco. <laughs> That's true. You're not wrong. <laughs> like a, a fresh pineapple slice in every burrito. But compared to the fast food they have here, I'm sure it'll still be pretty good. So one of my favorite parts about this the show that we've done so far is in Locker 22 when we talk about your fast food. Did they fuck up KFC at all? I mean, KFC's kind of fucked up everywhere from what I hear. <laughs> it does, it does people, ruin my intestines, but... People talk about how it used to be so much better. I don't remember what it used to be like. But I know that they don't they don't have the biscuits here at KFC in Australia, oh. and they don't have the mac and cheese. What, what do they have instead of that? <sighs> uh, they have fries. Okay. Uh, what the fuck do they have? They just don't have those. How can they not have the biscuits and macaroni and cheese? Those are like the two things that I want from KFC if I ever ever decide to eat it. Yeah, you're not wrong. They have the like nasty mashed potatoes and they got the coleslaw. I'm going to edit out the part where you say nasty because Kim loves the mashed potatoes. I actually do too. (laughs) (laughs) They're not great, but I still like them. I do too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm really glad that you're getting the Taco Bell. That's that's exciting. It's a dream come true. I really hope they don't fucking un- fuck it up, I guess, but you never know. And how's your week been, Cortland? Oh, my week's been fine. <laughs> Ooh. I know. It's raining and thunderstormy right now, so if like a crash of thunder happens and I don't edit it out for some reason, you know, 
Um, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been kind of a weird week weather-wise because it was really hot one day at work, and then right after that it just got really cold. So I don't know. I haven't done anything. I started playing Diablo two, not three. Yeah, Diablo two again. Yeah, well, I used to play it a whole lot when I was growing up in the early two thousands, and I used to play it all the time with my brother that um, has all the pinball machines, and um, you know I was just like, man, I want to play, I want to play it, but I just want to play single player so I could just play at my leisure because I don't have time for video games anymore. If I'm not working at work, I'm working on the podcast, and sometimes I bring my laptop to work to work on the podcast, so it's just like I need something to that I can just pick up and play for a little bit and then drop. And so I play single player Diablo two and uh, I'm having a good time with it. Well, it's good. Yeah. That's all that matters. I know. Right. Games are there to be having fun with. So I like that. I can play it how I have the opportunity to play it as does that make sense? <laughs> no, but good on you. <laughs> well, I'm really glad we're having a totally great week. Both of us together, I guess. But we did just get done watching the tale of the magician's assistant. So, do you want to get into this episode? Yes, let's do it. Allow us to do it. <laughs> Initiate doing it. <laughs> oh no, that's another thing. All right. <laughs> you know, I gotta say, from the the tale of the captured souls, I really love the part where the mom ambushes them with that picture too, which is like, smile, everybody. <laughs> She turned into Bobcat for a second. Yeah. I really do like that part, too. Yeah. But we're not talking about... not talking about the Tale of the Captured Souls. We do every episode. I know, right? We do. We're talking about the Tale of the Magician's Assistant, Brandon. We just got done watching it. What did you think of this episode? I loved it. You loved it? (laughs) I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh... Oh, okay. I don't think I loved it. <laughs> you only really, really liked it? Um, it was something. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was something, you know. I think that this episode is a very crappy <laughs> George Lucas movie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. A crappy George Lucas movie. Yeah. Like the second Ewoks movie, maybe. This episode pulled inspiration from a lot of sources. It sure did, yes. Which, you know what? It's very nerdy stuff, too. And, I mean, I guess spoilers a little bit. This is gonna. This is a Gary story. You know, our first Gary story of the season. And it is, like, the epitome of Gary. Of what I would assume Gary would be into. Yeah. This is Gary all the way. God. All right, I got a lot to talk about. So you want to get into this episode? Yes, let's uh, do it. My my brain just remembered the one of the scenes and that makes me laugh <laughs> every time. So let's get into this. All right. So the episode begins with all the kids. They're already around the campfire and Gary's walking around them. He's looking at them and he's saying, "I'm glad to see everyone's on time for once." So I'm glad too. I I'm glad too, you yeah. made it happen finally, Gary. Good job, Gary. It only t- it only took a full season. Yeah. I don't know what he did to make it work. If he was like, I'm going to do to you what I did to Eric and everybody oh, finally shit. showed up or what. But <laughs> he did it. 
It took him a full year, but finally, everybody's gathered on time. Frank Frank tells him that you sound like my homeroom teacher, Drago the Dole. Betty Ann pipes up. She's like, I like Mr. Drago because he's funny. And Frank's like, step off. He's stale. And Gary tells him to shut up because he thinks Drago is pretty cool. And Frank slaps back with a, you don't even know him. Which makes sense because, remember, it was established in the first episode that these kids don't go to the same school. Yeah. So, so what the hell are they talking about? I mean, I like it. I don't know if it was intentional or what. Like, I mean, I guess it was. But, yeah, it's cool. Frank doesn't go to the same school as Gary. I would like it if they did go to the same school. Because then I could imagine all these insane Midnight Society hijinks they're getting up to <laughs> in class. But, no. It's established, according yeah. to the lore book, they go to different schools. It would make more sense that they would all go to the same school, because how else are they going to meet and stuff? But, you know what? They said at the beginning, we go to different schools, and this part just kind of reinforces it, even though it's... I mean, in the end, this is all just throwaway nonsense, but, eh, that's okay. It's contradicting itself. It really is like a George Lucas movie. <laughs> Ugh, Gary says, but that's where you're wrong, Frank. And, and then Gary tells him about that he sure does know Drago and that he comes into his father's magic shop all the time and he's a prestidigitator. Prestidigitator. Prestidigitator, yeah. <laughs> I haven't phonetically sounded out in my notes. <laughs> that's Prestid- just a, a word that magicians use to sound like they're more fancy. It's like calling yourself a sandwich yeah. artist. Oh, I I was a sandwich artist, actually. That was my first job. I know. <laughs> oh, well, fuck you. <laughs> Making fun of me and my sandwich artistry. Your beautiful sandwich art. That's my craft, Brandon. <laughs> I'm going to make an Etsy shop where I craft sandwiches. <laughs> I'll buy one of your sandwich prints for $10,000. Deal. <laughs> Yeah, so a prestidigitator. I assumed it was like a, a magician, but more so with like fire. I don't know, like like poofs. I don't know. It's a spell in Dungeons and Dragons. Prestidigitation. Yeah, and that's that. So Gary's still walking around the kids. They're all sitting down right now, and Kristen's like, "Oh, what?" Because I mean, that's a big word, right? Kristen wouldn't know what that is. <laughs> no, she doesn't even know what midnight is. She doesn't even know what a scary is. She's like, what's a story? Why am I here? Who are you people? (laughs) David pipes up and he's like, that's a magician. The kind Gary likes. The kind guy's magic? Okay, we're up for a Gary's right now. We're going to listen to what Gary likes. Okay. (laughs) I think he says it like more condescending or something, but I, I can't remember how he said it. Anyway, Betty Ann's like, really? And Gary says, yeah, he calls himself the amazing Drago. Very original. He's even on TV. And that cuts over to David, who says, I've seen him. He's pretty good. (laughs) (sighs) Shut up, David. (laughs) He was my my favorite at one point. (laughs) Oh, Brandon. Sweet season one david and season two david are not the same person whatsoever no <laughs> once he grew the unibrow that unibrow just like the, the dad's mustache from shiny red bike just took over <sighs> altered his personality <laughs> turned him into a different david 
Kristen tells everyone not to judge people because they could surprise you. And Gary's like, exactly. And that's, and he picks up a stick, what my story's about tonight. A wolf howls, and Gary tells us that sometimes things don't turn out exactly the way that you expect them to, and people may not be who they seem to be. The simple things could turn out to be far more amazing than you could ever imagine. The kids look interested. Frank stares at that stick Gary's holding, and then Gary taps the stick on a rock near the fire, and then it blazes up. No monkey bone dust needed, and the tale of the magician's assistant begins. Yeah, Frank wants that stick. It's all he stares at for the rest of the episode. I mean, it's not like we get to see him very much more, but he wants that stick. But I imagine he's just drooling over that stick the entire time. He's telling the story. Yes, exactly. Just like Huey from Full Moon. Wants that stick in his mouth. <laughs> um. Some Okay, so Gary says, Sometimes things don't turn out exactly the way you expect them, and people may, may not be who they seem to be. Um... You know, that doesn't really make much sense for the story. I mean, it makes sense in the way that it would make sense about just about any episode. It's just so vague. So vague. The episode begins by showing us a nice looking house covered by some trees, which is like the house is in the background, the trees are in the foreground, whatever. And then we're showing a kid riding his bicycle down the road. And Gary's voiceover tells us that Todd Marker was having a tough time. His father recently died. His mother was working all the time and to help make ends meet todd went to go apply for a part-time job he read about in the paper it sounded like fun but if he'd only known what he was stepping into todd would have never answered that ad and the kid rolls down the road he stops to look up at a truck trailer with the word shandu magician on the side this beginning with him riding the bike and the dead dad and the mom busy working all the time and him looking for a part-time job like, yeah. I thought for a second, like, am I watching Dark Music again? Because that's almost <laughs> exactly how that episode started. That's true. Even riding the bike. Yeah. In Dark Music, he was doing his job because he was a paper boy, so. Yeah. yeah. This one, he only heard about the job in the paper, and that one, he was delivering that paper. <laughs> so, Todd. He's wearing a black shirt and black pants with a plaid short sleeve button-up vest-looking shirt over it. He's very grunge. Yeah, yeah, right. He's got like a modest mullet. Yeah, he's Dougie from Twisted Claw. Oh, yes. I was like, and also he's Dougie from Twisted Claw. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Stepped no, on your toes. Good. It's okay. I didn't know if you were going to notice or not, but I was like, who is that? That's Dougie. <laughs> yeah. It's like the first time I've recognized anyone. <laughs> oh, that's cool, though. I like to think that Gary gave, <laughs> Gary gave David Sardo, and David's like, Gary, you you want one of my characters? <laughs> and they Pokemon card traded, and Gary got fucking Dougie. You don't have anybody. <laughs> I hope you don't mind. I used your Dougie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Oh, man. <laughs> traded Pokemon cards. David Gary doesn't lost. have any characters. David got the rare, unique Sardo, and Gary got the common Dougie. Bad trade, man. For sure, for sure. Todd gets off his bike, he walks up the steps to the back of the trailer, and he knocks on the door. He looks inside, but no one answers, so he just walks right in, and he's like, hello? And then we see the inside of this trailer, and there's just a whole bunch of cages everywhere. There's bunnies in some, there's doves in others. And one of them later on has a duck in it for some reason. Yeah. Inside this trailer is 
massive. It's way bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Yes, very true. And there's just animals everywhere. Todd looks around at all these cages and stuff, and then he sees like a twisted tree branch. Like a, it's like, it's like braided braided tree branches together. It looks weird. I don't know. It's um, a stick. It's not it's interesting. Stick. It's sitting in the middle of the room though, so of course he walks up up to it and reaches out for it. There are so many cooler and more interesting things in that trailer, but he wants none of that. He wants a stick. He looked at fucking Harold the bunny pre Dark Dragon days. Um, <sighs> Why did Sardo have a bunny in his shop anyway? So that. Keith could torture just, it. It's there to just test potions on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not like Sardo is a prestidigitationator. For... <laughs> no, he's not out there doing party tricks. Exactly. Eh, but anyway, he gra- he reaches for this twisted tree branch stick looking shit. And right before he grabs it, someone asks who he is. And Todd says, um, I'm Todd Marker. And, and he's looking around. He's like, I'm uh, answering the ad about a magician's assistant. And he starts to leave. He's like, oh, never mind. And he turns around to leave, but an old man is right behind him. And he's in a bathrobe. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, leaving so soon? It's a Hugh Hefner jacket. Yeah, it is. Yes. It's like, I don't remember what color it is. It's probably red. Who knows? Anyway. Yep. We get the most crappy Sardo ripoff shit ever, though. You think? The part, I mean, this part specifically, I mean, I'm like, apparently David still's got Sardo captive. I don't know. Gary had to make <laughs> up a new magician guy, and, and Todd's like... Mr. Shandu? Says, Not Mr. Shandu. Shandu the Magnificent. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Accent on the Shand. Yeah, accent on the do. <laughs> uh, he says... You may call me Shandu. And Todd's like, yes, sir, Mr. Shandu. I mean, and then, and then he gets interrupted and the guy's like, so you want to be my assistant? And Todd's like, well, yeah. Shandu asks if he's had any experience. And Todd lies saying, well, yeah, sure. So Shandu grills him and he's, he's like, well, who who you've been working for? And Todd lies again. And he says, Phil, from Phil the Fabulous. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good fake magician name. <laughs> i mean phil the fabulous like you can't really lie about this kind of stuff though because i mean i would think that magicians would know each other so that they don't you know work yeah. in the same area at the same time because <laughs> it's such <laughs> such they mark their territory <laughs> yeah exactly just like drug deals um so you would think that shandu would know if there was a phil the fabulous <laughs> working in his part of town yeah he's not a good liar no he's He's like phil yeah yeah phil yeah the fabulous (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's it sees right through that shit and and says so in other words you have no experience and todd's like well no but i'm a quick learner and shandu shits on him right away and he says well magic's not a subject to be learned it's a skill to be acquired and he turns around and he cups his hands and a flame just like explodes out of his hands for some reason. It's a tiny little shitty flame and it's not impressive at all. No. And Dougie looks almost impressed for a moment. But then Shandu continues saying, you acquire it by keeping your mouth shut and your eyes open. And Todd asks if that means he's got the job. And Shandu says, perhaps. We'll have to see how you work. And Todd's like, no sweat. I'm a hard worker. And Shandu says, good. You can start by tidying up my props. 
But everything is already tidied up. It's an easy job. Yeah, all of his animals are, like, caged and accounted for. Todd immediately goes right up to that fucking twisted stick in the middle of the room, which makes sense because it's in the middle of the room. No, it doesn't make sense. It's a stick. Okay. It doesn't make sense that that would be in the middle of the room, but it makes sense that he would go to it because it is in the middle of the room, right? I mean, it's right there. I don't know. If you walk anywhere in this trailer, you're going to bump into that fucking stick in the middle of the room. (laughs) There's got to be a better place to put that stick. You would think, especially with all of it, especially with what that stick contains, but whatever. I'm not a magician. I'm not a magician, a magician's assistant. I've never studied the art of magic. (sighs) Were you ever interested in magic as a kid? Mm, I was in a magic show when I was in kindergarten. Well, there you go. You're a magician. I am not. I did a really crappy trick, and the other magician boy that was a magician with me, like, one-upped me. Damn. And he did the trick again, but did See, it better. That's why you need to mark your territory. <laughs> oh. uh, fuck you, Joey. <laughs> Joey the Jagnificent. I don't know. <laughs> yes. It was like in front of all of our family, and, and I did my trick, and he's like, Watch this. And he you did called it that again, a trick? But he did it better. <laughs> And and then he did his own trick, and I was just like, wow. I don't, I'm not cut out for this or something. I don't know. I was like five. Damn. And ever since then, I've hated magicians. <laughs> and that's my origin story for how I became a supervillain. <laughs> the Prestidigid Terminator. Exactly. You've been Calvinated. You've been Prestidigid Terminated. <laughs> <laughs> Only kills magicians. That's me. <laughs> so Todd goes immediately to that twisted stick in the middle of the room and is about to grab it when Shandu says, No, not that. Never touch a magician's wand. And Todd's like, That's a magician's wand? And Shandu says, Yes. For thousands of years, deadite sorcerers used wands like this to draw power from the earth. Did deadite exist before Evil Dead? I wondered the same thing. Deadites are the bad guys in Evil Dead, and I wasn't entirely sure if that's a thing that they created, but based on this episode, I'm going to say that it's a nod to Evil Dead anyway. I think so, too. Oh, this episode does have some Evil Dead stuff going, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I never really watched the movies, so you're going to know better than I would, but I can see it. Yeah, it's it's a lot. So Shandu says that magic rule number one, never ever touch another magician's wand unless he hands it to you like this. And he hands Todd the wand for a moment before snatching it back and asks Todd if he understood to which Todd nods. The fucking episode. The scene fades. (laughs) Todd is rolling down the not so busy road on his bike and there's like really tall apartment buildings everywhere. Gary's voiceover tells us that Todd's mom was an artist at an ad agency. It was hard work, and she was always getting stuck working late at the office. So, I I don't know. The kid lives in, like, the big city, I guess. Yep. Some Canadian big city. We switch inside their apartment, which is beautifully decorated with paintings all over the wall. They have more shit in their apartment than I do in my house. Well, get an artist in there. I actually do have some artists um stuff but we haven't we haven't put it up yet because we're lazy 
We bought it when we went to that comic convention. There was a bunch of artists there, and we bought uh, one, of, yeah. one of the artists' work. That's cool. We got, we got a, a Charmander, a Link from Zelda, and a scene from The Little Mermaid, all in her art style. You probably didn't have to say Link from Zelda. I wasn't going to think that you got Link from Encino Man. <laughs> well, you know what, Brandon? We have these things called listeners, and they may not know what I'm talking about. All right. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, shit, Brendan Fraser? Cool. So Todd's talking to his mama, saying, I know we need the money, but I don't know if I want to go back there. And mom walks over to him and says, sorry for making you eat alone again, honey, but I got to get back to the office. If I don't finish the new storyboards by tomorrow, we'll both be looking for a job. Can't she work from home? She basically does, though. She has an office. Just do art. Yeah. Maybe all of her supplies are at the office. Bring them home. They show her like art studio nook in the apartment where she does. She has like the blank storyboards that she has to work on. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's not like your skill is in the office. You can do it wherever. But Todd's like, you hear what I said? The guy's a boss from hell. From hell, Brandon. He says hell. I in a children's show. I recoiled in horror. <laughs> I had to be like. Ah! And I covered my ears. I was, like, la, I was la, la, covering la. my wife's ears like, no, don't fucking listen, honey. <laughs> Rebecca, your virgin ears. No, <laughs> he fucking said hell. <laughs> I put down my notes that this seems pretty saucy for Nickelodeon. I put scandalous, but they did say hell in one Rugrats episode. What? When? It's the episode where they lose Spike. They lose Spike. And I don't, Stu says something about, like, Spike does something dumb and they they haven't, like, had a hell of it since or something. Well, my story's ruined. <sighs> okay. Anyway, in Rugrats, they say hell once. And also in Salute Your Shorts, one of the characters says that they're pissed about something. Wow. Yeah. I'm glad my parents didn't Pretty hear saucy. that or they would have thrown the TV out the window. <laughs> they would have canceled cable. They would have... They'd have been like, you can't hear that shit. No. Be like, god damn it, your fucking virgin ears are ruined. <laughs> oh, my freaking ears. <laughs> I think of that every time. I I think of that scene all the time. My freaking <laughs> ears. <laughs> oh, man. So mom's like, yeah, I know the feeling. As she's putting on a sweater or something. And Todd's like, I wonder what dad would tell me to do. Which really oh. brings down the mood, kid. You're just... Bummer, bum Seriously. bum bummer, and then the mom slams a photo of the dad down. <laughs> She's like, "Creep!" But he, <laughs> at least, at least we get told that he's dead in this one. Hey, we don't know how he died. It's not just a you guess who; it's a mystery. He could have been a real creep. <laughs> I mean, I guess he could have been. I don't know. Mom sits down next to him and tells Todd that Dad would have told you to do your best and not run away from a challenge. And then a car horn honks, and Mom runs away from that challenge because she's got to get to work. <laughs> she doesn't want to be late she's like love you and todd looks at his chopsticks that he's using to eat dinner and he like looks disappointed or shakes his head at him and he pulls out a fork yeah which it's it's a a detail i mean i think that it's trying to show us that he likes to do things the quick and easy way instead of like working for anything yeah what is it his first time with chopsticks yeah he lives in the big city he's used chopsticks before i don't even live in the big city and i've used chopsticks before Whoa. 
Yeah. The scene changes back to Shandu, who's got his suspenders on, and we get like a montage of Shandu showing Todd how to do some magic tricks, and Todd fucking it up. He can't shuffle the cards all flashy like, he just blows them all over the room. And over this bit, we get Gary's voiceover saying that in the following weeks, Todd and Shandu rehearsed their act. Shandu made Todd nervous, and Todd made plenty of mistakes. Then during this montage, Shandu says that magical rule number two is that only let them see what you want them to see. And Shandu's got like two metallic bowls or whatever in his hand. Todd walks up with like a lighter in his hand and he lights the inside of one of those bowls. Shandu closes them together, opens them up, and then a dove flies away and Todd chases after it. Gary tells us that when Todd fucks up, Shandu tears into him. So next Shandu's got some cylinders and he puts one over the other. He uh, takes it away and boom, there's like multicolored cloth inside of it. And you can take it out and it's like the magician's cloth that you just keep pulling and pulling it. Whatever. Todd drops the shit on the ground and then he tries to do the trick himself. But when he does it, there's just like a pair of underwear that appears inside of it. And Shandu gets upset and he puts the underwear on Todd's head. I thought the underwear being in there was more impressive. Yeah. Where did that underwear come from? How did it get in there? Yeah. The point is you close it and then something appears. Who cares what it is? It's more magical that it was underwear because not even the magician that, I mean, he didn't create the trick, but created the trick didn't know it was going to be an underwear. Good job, <laughs> Didn't know Todd. it was going to be me underwears. <laughs> Gary tells us that the funny thing was the more mistakes Todd made, the more determined he became to prove himself to the old magician. Next up, Shandu's inside of a closet looking thing. His face is poking out of a hole and he tells Todd to say the magic word, Shandu can do. Oh, those magic words are dumb. Todd walks up to the closet and opens up the middle section and Shandu's torso is not there. It's just a mirror. And Shandu's like, no, you're out of position again. Todd says, sorry. He closes the door and Shandu's like, how many times do we got to do this shit? Todd says, I know, I know. Magical rule number three. And Shandu's like, the cardinal rule. Never, ever get caught in your own reflection. It's a precept of magic as old as the Thessalonians. You are hopeless. Todd closes his closet as Shandu walks over and sits down to pour himself some tea. Some bomb-ass tea. Made from Greta, an old lady from Prom Queen. It's just a culmination of all the good teas of the, of the show. Todd asks Shandu if he can say something. And Shandu's like, only if it'll soothe me. Todd's like, well, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. But it's okay to lighten up sometimes. Shandu's like, beg, beg your pardon? Todd continues saying, well, you're always in such a nasty mood. What's the problem? Shandu sighs. He says, there was a time when I was the toast of Broadway. I performed at the crowned heads of Europe and even had my own movie series. And now I only have a few scraps of yellow reviews, a few movie posters, and this shitty truck. My movies aren't even on video. It isn't very pleasant being a has-been. You must excuse me if I don't have the sunniest of dispositions. I liked that scene. I liked that speech. Yeah. I like Shandu. All right. You do? Yes. That is a large part of why I like this episode. He's okay. (laughs) I like him. Then Shandu says, this may be against my better judgment, but I have something for you. And he pulls out this gigantic box (laughs) (laughs) and he opens it up and there's like a suit and a bow tie in there. And it's the bow tie that he wore during his first performance. And he's like, don't make me regret this. And Todd grabs it, he looks at it, he puts it up to his neck, and he starts smiling. I thought that was nice. 
It was nice. That's a big gesture for someone he trashes on constantly. He could have just gave him any shitty old tie. Yeah, you're very right. <sighs> this bow tie, though, my God. Um, do you think that Shandu sucked as bad as Todd when he first started or something? Like, what does he see in Todd? Um, he sees that nobody else wants to be a magician's assistant. Mm, good point. Oh, you know what? Speaking of that, how does how does Todd even get paid? They haven't done anything yet. They have not had um, a performance yet. How's, how's Todd getting paid? He gets paid when he does the job. I don't know. He said he like he wants to see how he works before he'll hire him. I guess now he's officially hired. They've been working at this for weeks, though, according to Gary. Mm-hmm. So he could have just been like, you're out, and that's it. Mom at home is like, honey, we can't pay the bills. Did you get any money yet from Shandu? And he's like, not yet, Mom. <laughs> well, you might want to start packing your room because we're getting evicted. <laughs> Pick up your chopsticks. We're heading out. <laughs> We can't afford this luxurious, glorious apartment any longer. Gary's voiceover tells us that finally, it was the day Shandu and Todd were ready to face their most demanding audience. And we get a good look at Todd. He's in a suit. His hair is parted in the middle and slicked back. It's gross. It looks so greasy. They're in front of Shandu's truck. And anyway, he's like, And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The magical. The mystical. The Magnificent Shandu! He moves his hand in like an, in an amazement as Shandu's truck transforms and, and Shandu does that David Bowie flip from the labyrinth. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, he does that, except it's not as good. And the stage like moves and the truck turns into the stage, okay? <laughs> All right. Damn. The audience, of course, is children. Yeah, it's a kid's birthday party. Yeah, and I knew it was going to be, but... They're down by the river, where his trailer always is. Yeah. So, unlike any birthday party magician that goes to your party, he demands that you come to his trailer by the river. <laughs> yeah. And there's no parents. Just, just kids. Just come hang out by the river. I'll do some magic at you, and then you go. Yes. I can see why he's a has-been. I know, right? Like, also, um, I mean, how much do you think that he got paid to do this magic shit for children? Like, maybe a hundred bucks? Yeah, maybe a hundred. And how much of that's going to get split to go to Todd? Uh, after taxes, I'm sure he'll take home <laughs> maybe six dollars. take home will be like two seventy five. <laughs> but it's like, you've been working at this for weeks. Weeks, Todd. You haven't gotten paid. <laughs> now you're going to get like I don't know. Six bucks. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get an autographed poster or something. <laughs> A Shandu. Shandu can do. Yeah. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your local magician. Thank you so much for listening to our episode covering the tale of the Magician's Assistant. Brandon and I are finished with Season 2 recording at this time, and we're going to be starting Season 3 this week, as well as the all-new Reboot miniseries event, given that we're able to watch it. With that being said, it's giveaway time again at the Up All Night Podcast. 
we're giving away the complete second season of Are You Afraid of the Dark on DVD. This includes all season 2 episodes within two DVDs. There's multiple ways to enter, and they're all very simple. First, on Twitter, I've got a pinned message on my profile that's at PRVTIsland talking about the giveaway. Just leave a comment on it telling me your favorite horror movie, tag a friend, and you're entered in. Retweets to get the word out are always appreciated. For Instagram, I'll have a picture posted of the Season 2 DVD that you can win. Let me know your favorite horror video game or book here, tag a friend, and you're in. While you're visiting, please take a moment and follow us. We work hard on social media to give everyone hilarious Are You Afraid of the Dark gifts, which are normally combined with other funny stuff. Like, uh, for the Tale of the Full Moon, we did Are You Afraid of the Dark meets the Golden Girls. It's really great stuff. If you're looking for another entry to the giveaway, all current and future patrons will automatically be entered in, regardless of tier. You can become a Bronze Beth today, get entered into the giveaway, and enjoy all of the early episode uploads I've already done. At this time, I've already finished the editing and uploading for episodes 12 and 13 for Season 2, so you can enjoy those now, and you'll also get a sticker sent to you once you join. You can be like our Golden Bostics, Michael, Brett, and Bryce, or our Silver Goth, Kathy, who already have their first entries in. Thank you so much for the support from our current patrons. We greatly appreciate it. You can enter a total of three times, once from Twitter, once from Instagram, and one from being or becoming a patron. The contest ends, and the winner will be randomly selected from all entries on Monday, October 28th, just in time for Halloween and our Season 2 wrap-up episode. So enter in while you can. If you're feeling chatty, you can always send us an email. That's privateislandpresents at gmail.com. I'm always happy to get some emails from fans. If you're enjoying the show, please tell somebody about it, because everyone wins when there's Are You Afraid of the Dark? If you'd like to support the show further, you can give us a 5-star on Apple Podcasts. We just got our 20th review in, and it was very exciting, so thank you. I'm really excited to let you know that we're available now on YouTube, so please take a moment to visit our YouTube channel, that's Private Island, two words this time, and like and subscribe. We're hoping to generate some views before the new series drops this Friday. I'll leave a link in the episode description, as well as on our Linktree link. As always, I'd like to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our podcast, aside from this theme from Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for the artwork. He's currently working on our Season 3 cover art, and it's looking amazing. I cannot wait to show it off. Now I'd like to take a moment to play the promo for Podcast Junkie, an exciting podcast hosted by Zach, who each week highlights a new podcast. I've actually found a few different podcasts I enjoy listening to thanks to Zach, and he's also the creator of the Podcast Junkie Discord server, where our podcast, Up All Night, has their own channel. I'll leave a link to the server in the episode description where you can join the family of indie podcasters and supporters. Hello, and I am Zach, host of Podcast Junkie. Podcast Junkie is a tool for podcast listeners of all genres who are searching for their next favorite show. I review a different podcast series or season each week, helping discerning listeners like you discover new shows and connect with their creators. Each episode lasts between 4 to 15 minutes and gives you the listener, a quick overview of the week's selection, what to expect from this show, and why I think you should add it to your queue. I'll even toss in a bite-sized snippet from an episode or even their trailer. Along with doing these weekly reviews to help you get in touch with a new podcast, I also support indie podcasts through my merch sales and Patreon contributions. Find out more about that and myself over on Twitter, at CastJunkie, or over at castjunkie.com.
Thanks for tuning in, and I hope I can help you find your next favorite binge. Thank you again, everyone, for listening to our show. This experience has been incredible for Brandon and I, and we never dreamed we would have so much fun making you all laugh every week. So for now, I'll let you get back to the show. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. So these kids, they're all just like giving oohs and ahs and woes to every single trick he's doing. The, Shandu says the magic words. Shandu can do. They do the trick of the closet where he's like split or whatever. These kids are eating this shit up. He pops out with an all black birthday cake and he looks at Todd and he smiles. That cake looks disgusting though. <laughs> he made it in a box in like 10 seconds. <laughs> what do you want, man? <laughs> it looks like shit. In the it's dark. All, it's all gross looking. Alright, if the birthday cake is provided by the magician, then oh. he's probably getting like $110 at least. Yeah, but Todd still only gets six bucks. Yeah, Todd's not getting any money. <laughs> oh man, so the scene shifts back inside Shandu's truck and Todd asks how he did. And Shandu says he isn't the worst assistant he's had. And Todd's got like a bunny in his hands and he's petting it and he's looking at Shandu and he smiles. And that was that scene because <laughs> the scene shifts and uh, we get Todd riding his bike okay. over to Shandu's truck. We gotta say, if you were to cut down every instance of Todd riding his bike up to Shandu's trailer or riding his bike up to his apartment, this episode yeah. would be five minutes long. You're not wrong. <laughs> Most of the episode is him arriving to locations on his bike. You know what? I'd almost rather just have a Midnight Society interlude at that point. <laughs> so he pulled up on his bicycle. So he knows how to ride a bicycle. <laughs> so he's a magician's assistant. <laughs> I ride a bike. Me and Kristen both ride bikes. I used to have a bike, guys. Remember it got stolen a week ago. <laughs> You're just rubbing it in my face. <laughs> <laughs> There's more bike riding in this episode than there was in the Johnny Red Bicycle. There is. <laughs> oh, man. The scene shifts that we get Todd riding his bike over to Shandu's truck. Todd stops his bike. He walks up the steps and he knocks on the door. He opens the door and a dove flies out, but then it flies right back inside. So What a well-trained dove. That's what I thought, too. The cages are all toppled over, and it's just a huge mess in there. Like, somebody ransacked the place. How could this even happen? I don't know. Like, the episode makes it appear that the animals all did that, but those animals are so well-behaved, and that just isn't going to happen. Yeah, I I thought things were going in a different direction than they actually were. Yeah, well, Todd calls for Shandu twice, and then he chases a duck for, like, half a second, before he rolls his eyes, he's just like, come on, guys, help me out. And then he smiles. This is wild. He smiles. He walks over to the wand. He grabs it. He holds it out. And he says, Shandu can do. And it sparks and explodes. And it smokes everywhere. And then the smoke clears. All the animals are back in their cages. And it's all cleaned up. Yeah, so what I thought happened is he went into another dimension or something. I thought he went into another dimension where everything was good. Like a parallel universe kind I don't of thing? know why. I thought he blew Shandu, we can't too, and then... <laughs> <laughs> Just went into a better version of reality. Yeah. 
No, that's not what happens. No. <laughs> Todd's just like, oh man, no wonder he didn't want me to touch it. It's really magic. <laughs> I what? like his reaction he... to finding out that magic is real. Yes! He's just, He's just like, like, oh, oh shit. It is real. <laughs> so that's what that stick does. Okay, it's just really magic. <laughs> He's just like, huh. He's been learning that. for weeks how to trick people into thinking magic is real. <laughs> and he just finds out that it just is and he's just like oh, okay he's just like oh okay yeah that makes sense now you don't want me to touch it it's real okay. magic this kid is worse than karen from the 13th floor with his unflappable like whoa 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 he is i i, I don't know shit happens to him and he's just like huh <laughs> he's just like okay well whatever i don't know we'll continue on (laughs) we're gonna have to agree to disagree there we'll see (laughs) before Todd can even think the door opens up and Shandu's in his bathrobe with the sunglasses on and Todd runs over to put the wand back and Shandu's like anything happened while I was away which is weird because Todd wasn't there like he just showed up exactly yeah he didn't know Todd was going to be there. He just rolled no. up in the middle of the night to go say hey to Shandu. Yeah, he just rides up to Shandu's place all the time. <laughs> Shandu sits down and Todd says, nope, nothing wrong here. The scene switches back to Todd's apartment and he's like, mom, mom, you're never going to believe what happened. But mom says, I'd believe anything right now. Five minutes before work, I got a new project dumped in my lap. A bunch of storyboards due tomorrow. Todd's like, they're killing you, Mom. (laughs) Tell them no. They're murdering you. They're slowly draining your life essence through a mirror. But she can't. She's like, do me a favor, sweet. (laughs) I put sweaty. (laughs) Do me a favor, sweetie. (laughs) Wake me up in an hour. I'm going to have to pull another all-nighter. I'm sure he will. Yeah, he will definitely wake you in an hour. On the dot. But Todd's like, I got something to tell you. And Mom just shushes him. And she, like, starts to lay down in the, in the on the sofa, and she says, tell me later, as she just falls asleep. And Todd walks over. The scene's nice. He walks over, and he puts a blanket on his mom, and then she just, like, snuggles closer, and then she goes to sleep. Todd walks to the middle of the room, and his brain hatches a scheme as he looks over at a potted tree. And this tree is twisted together exactly like Shandu's magic wand. Exactly like it. Very convenient. A little too convenient. Yes. He grabs the whole potted plant and the scene changes. I like to imagine that. He rode his bike. Because next up he's back in Shan- back inside Shandu's magic trailer. He rode that bike like one hand on the handlebars. The other around the neck of this potted plant that he took the whole thing of. Yeah. He carries the tree the entire way there. <laughs> for no reason because as soon as he gets there the first thing he does is ditch all the shit that he doesn't need to carry <laughs> i know he's back in magic in, in shandu's magic trailer he calls out for shandu but he's not back yet from somewhere who knows where but then then he just starts ripping the leaves off of the tree that he stole from his mom and like he doesn't even try he just throws the leaves right on the ground like shandu's gonna walk in and be like where the fuck Why no the he's not because he's everywhere? gonna blue shandu it away he doesn't though does he no okay he, no, he could, no he does not but he doesn't. 
He just leaves the leaves all over the ground. It's a mess. <laughs> he just magic cleaned up this shit, and now he made a whole nother mess. <sighs> the remains of the tree, after snapping all the leaves off it, are identical to Shandu's wand. And then, my god, this part. He does some Indiana Jones shit. <laughs> yeah, it's very Indiana Jones. I sh- we don't even really need to say anymore, because no, you know what it is. It's the thing he's from got, Indiana Jones. Yeah, he's got the tree in one hand, and he's like thinking about taking the wand. He's like, hmm, what's the best way I can do the, the weight just proportionate and... It's just stupid. He fucking grabs a wand and he puts the other wand in his place like it is going to trigger some sort of trap. Yeah, the wand doesn't have a weight sensor or anything. <laughs> like a it's just a stick. It. It's a stick on a table. Just grab it. Stick on the table in the middle of a room on display. <laughs> Even though it's real magic. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so after that, after that nonsense... The scene shifts back to Todd's apartment. Mom's still sleeping, so I guess he doesn't live that far away from Shandu. He mustn't. It hasn't been an hour yet. I mean, he hatched that plan, went to Shandu's, made the swap, went back home. (laughs) Yeah, all within an hour. And Todd goes into her art studio room. He points the wand at her unfinished panels for work, and he says, Here goes nothing. Shandu can do. And the wand explodes, this time with actual fire at the end of the wand. <laughs> it's just like lit on fire, and he does not extinguish it. No, <laughs> just put that right attention. at some paper. Yeah, he just puts it into like a pile of like fucking lighter fluid. And he's like, wow. The whole place blazes up, and mom dies in her sleep. He just says, he just says, whoa. And he looks over because the storyboard is done for his mom. And he's just like, whoa, amazing. What an interesting use of magic. To create like, art. Yeah, to just be like, I'm gonna just do my mom's work. Just, like, make a pile of money. Uh, mm, that's a good point. Then she doesn't have to work. <laughs> make people interested in her art. Yeah, he could just... I don't know, man. Like, I, I like the that he has her... You know, he's being nice to his yeah, mom. Yeah, it is but... nice. He wants his mom back. The artwork on that panel, though, is not great. No. For being magical, you would expect a lot more. Yeah, like, perfection? This is not. This is not perfection. It's like, the panels look like it's a dog in a doghouse or something. And there's no words. It's not even a comic. I don't... What the fuck is going on? How did Todd know what the company would need? <laughs> he didn't. It was the wand. Oh, I guess... Or maybe he thought that's what she needed and then she'd take it into work and it would just be like, this is an ad for toothpaste and you're giving me dog food. (laughs) I don't know. From behind Todd, some like blue ethereal figure materializes. Todd turns around to look at it. It's some girl that's floating. Todd asks who she is and she's still blue and floating. She's like flapping her arms. She's floating. Flapping her arms like a child would do to pretend like they're flying. It's weird. The girl says that her name is Nazarek. She's the spirit of the wand. And Todd's like, unbelievable. And he smiles. Yeah, slightly unbelievable. He's like, yeah, whoa, right. that is cool. I don't like that. 
You are a hot 90s babe inside of my tree wand. <laughs> she says she has a message for him, which he repeats. He's like, message for me? And, and he asks what it is. And the hottie hot body tells him that the wand has special powers that only he can bring out. All he has to do is use it anytime, anytime he wishes. And and he starts saying that, but Shandu. Anytime you wish. Anytime. Anytime you, you wish. Oh, uh, no, we're not talking about that again. <laughs> I wish I saw a dinosaur tail. No. <laughs> that didn't happen. It never is going to happen. Roll back the rock to the dawn no. of time and sing this song with me. Roll back the rock. This 90s hottie blows him a kiss and then fades away. And Todd says, very weird. And then we instantly transport back to Shandu's truck. Yes. Shandu's truck again. This fucking kid, man. A woman just materialized behind him. And all he can say is, this is very weird. <laughs> this is a bit peculiar. <laughs> Magic's real, and women want to materialize in my room. Oh, this kid, Todd. My God. Todd makes his way to the middle of the room to switch the wands back, but Shandu is right behind him, and he's like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? Todd tries to hide the wand behind his back, but he he struggles to come up with an excuse, and Shandu's like, the wand? You took it? Did you use it? And Todd's like, well, yeah, but... Yeah, why the fuck would you just but take it? But Nazareth told me. Like, yeah, I took it, and of course I used it. But and Shandu's like, told me Nazareth, you saw it? And Todd's like, yeah. And Shandu runs up this to him and grabs the wand, and Shandu says, After all these years to be released by a mere boy. And Todd asks, what are you talking about? And Shandu says, Nazareth is a demon. Powerful ancient magician who has been imprisoned for centuries in the vortex. Not unlike Goth. No, very not unlike Goth. It's like a bad person wants to come from centuries before using a wand yep. to take over all of humanity. Yes. It's <laughs> it's Goth. It's very Goth-like, yeah. But Todd's like, no, Nazarek was a beautiful woman. <sighs> she can't be evil, she was hot. Exactly. <laughs> And Shandu says, Nazareth can take many forms, you fool. It wants this wand to use it to summon its evil. But Todd didn't know. The lighting for Shandu right here, it reminds me of Morticia Adams from the Adams Family movies. It's like all dark with like a silver, a sliver of light around his eyes. Hmm. Yeah. And Shandu talks about how releasing Nazareth will return the world to the Dark Ages. And then Shandu kicks Todd out of, the, out of his fucking trailer and he looks at his wand. Outside, Todd's riding his bike through the street. Of course he is. <laughs> he always is. He's riding this home for the exercise. 10th time of that day. <laughs> he stops. He looks in his pocket at Shandu's bow tie. And he does the Willy Wonka thing where he returns the everlasting gobstopper. So he rides his bike back to Shandu's truck. But that bitch is yes, on fire. Of course he rides it right back to Shandu's truck. For the 12th time that day. The director's like, more bike riding, Dougie. Ride home. Ride to Shandu's. Ride home. Ride to Shandu's. To Shandu's. So that bitch is on fire. He calls out for Shandu, and he rolls his bike up to the truck, opens the door. There's smoke everywhere. He's calling for Shandu some more, and Shandu yells that he's he's trapped. But Todd grabs the wand, says the magic word Shandu can do, which clears all the smoke away and everything. And once once it's cleared, we see Shandu. 
Todd asks if he's okay. He's like, I'm perfectly fine. I just needed you to use the wand one more time. Todd's like, what? Shandu walks towards him and he says, magical rule number two, only let them see what you want them to see. And he waves his hand in front of his face and he transforms into a hideous looking old man in a black shroud. And then he giggles. It's It's Emperor Emperor Palpatine. Palpatine. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) It's Emperor Palpatine, but with the hands of Nosferatu from the Tale of Midnight Madness. It's ridiculous. (laughs) It's it's Palpatine. (laughs) There's just so many movie references in this. Maybe that's the point. Maybe I shouldn't be so critical on it. No, it's just a bunch of goofing. I like it. I like movies. Yeah. I guess so. Movies are pretty alright. Todd says, Nazarak. And he points the wand at him. He says, Shandu can do. But it doesn't work anymore. I don't know why, though, but that's okay. Whatever. Todd asks where Shandu went. Nazarak says, that silly old fool took my place in the vortex. And then he starts reaching for Todd and the wand. He's saying, give me the wand. And he's got, like, the long fingernails, like I said, from Nosferatu. Yeah, he's very lazily reaching for it. Just like, give me the wand. He is, yes. Give it to me, dude. Come on, be cool. Todd uses a special weapon that Nazareth can't handle, where he just runs out the door, though. So, he's all good. He runs away. He gets on his bike, rides down the road. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He gets home. He calls for his mom. Who steps out from a curtain and she's like, what? Because apparently she got up on her own. So that's good, I guess. Yeah. Todd starts to tell her what's going on. But she looks down at the wand that he's still carrying. And she's like, what the fuck did you do to my tree? And Todd's like, it's not a tree. It's magic. And she's like, magic? He's like, yeah, but it's evil magic. She's like, what magic? And Todd tells her it's the same magic he used on her storyboard. And he walks into her office. Inside the office, the storyboard is gone. And there's a note from mom. There's a note from mom and it says, I don't know how you did it, but you're amazing. I'm going to bring this to work right away. Blah, blah, blah. It's very long. He reads the whole thing. And all it's telling us is that that's not really mom. Yeah. But but he has to read that entire note to get that that's not mom behind him. It's insane. This kid's an idiot. <laughs> He should have read the part where I'm bringing them to work right away and the fact that they were gone and been like, oh, fuck. But no, he continues reading that entire Maybe note. she went to work and came back home and her work's uh, five minutes yes. away, just like Shandu's, and she just travels back and forth all day. All right. Yeah, but anyway, okay, it's cool. That, I guess. It's Sh- cool. He reads sure. the note and it's like, oh, fuck. What is that thing? Well, the lightning crashes and then he looks behind him and, and mom's there and she's got an ethereal blue glow to her. And then she starts floating. <laughs> She's cackling like an old man. And she says something that I couldn't hear at all, but it doesn't matter because she's floating up in the air and she tries to <laughs> she tries to grab Todd. This is my favorite scene in the whole episode. Oh my god, mine too. Like she's grabbing at him like she just learned how to like move her arms or something. Like <laughs> and she's like scissoring her arms. this scene is just evil dead like this is the most evil dead thing ever Uh, i mean i've never even really watched the evil dead movies and i could tell that this like it's crazy how how evil dead it is she's a deadite yes like literally it's it's awesome i like it todd just runs under her legs as she just feebly attempts to grab the air it's fucking insane 
Well, she's just hanging out there on strings, like for real, in real life. She's just hanging out on fishing line, like she can't move that much. It was incredible. She just like grabs the air, like forks she, around. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I gotta get you. Just come here, closer, where I can grab you. <laughs> Todd Todd runs over to the kitchen, but like on his way, he grabs the telephone and he tries to dial out. But Nazarek's voice is on the other end, and it's it's like saying he can't escape. And then Todd hears Shandu's voice, and he looks in, into the reflection of on the toaster, and Shandu's there, and he's telling him to remember the rules of magic before he like fades away. But by fades away, I mean like he, he just backed up out of the toaster. <laughs> Like he just, just backed up and then his reflection walked was gone. away from the toaster. Special yeah. effects, folks. Yeah, right. What was he doing in that toaster? Is that where the vortex is? <laughs> it's a reflection. Oh yeah, okay. Mirror. That is one of the rules. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Todd calls for Shandu and Nazarek says, The old bad cat help you, boy. But Todd says he knows the rules and you can't take the wand unless I hand it to you, and I'm not gonna do that. Nazarek threatens Todd's mom, though, even though she's not near them at all. And then he laughs about it as we switch over to mom, who's got just like a bag of groceries, and she's walking through How an alley late or is something. It? I assumed it was it? late at this point. I did too, like like ten o'clock at least. Yeah, she's walking home at three in the morning with <laughs> generic bag of groceries with the baguette sticking out. <laughs> yes. What was she doing though? She was supposed to go to work. I don't know. She stopped and just had a late night shopping trip, grocery I guess. One bag of groceries. That's all they needed. Mm-hmm. Back inside, Todd says he's going to make a deal with Nazarek. Todd's going to give him the wand, but he can't hurt his mom. Ten Got seconds it? after being like, you're not getting this wand, dude. I know. He's like, but what about your mom? He's like, all right, you're getting this wand, dude. <laughs> you're getting this wand, but don't hurt my mom. And they make the deal. Nazarek says agreed and then he levitates out of the, the darkness he skates across the floor like the phantom thing from that quarter of a tail from phantom claw no phantom no twisted claw you know what I'm talking about like he's on roller skates yeah yeah he really is just taking all of David's good ideas <sighs> even though that that was a an Eric story maybe Nazarek was the phantom from oh yeah you're right it was an Eric story yeah never mind yeah I was I started that I started that sentence like oh yeah and then I was like wait <laughs> never mind yep. anyway so Nazarek he wants that wand and then we we zoom back over to mom she's got her paper bag which breaks of course all her groceries fall to the ground what's the point who fucking cares what mom's doing I don't know doesn't make it what who cares <laughs> back inside Todd hands Nazarek the wand. And Nazzy's like, it's mine. Did I'm you waited. see his face? Even he's I surprised did. that he gave him the wand. He's like, oh shit. Was it really that easy? I've been like trying to trick people in high schools for decades. And all I got to do is be like, I'm going to punch your mom. And he's like, fucking, here you go. Well, the power of threatening people's moms, man. Let's let's put this into perspective. Todd's dad is already dead. He's only got one parent left. Yeah. Nazareth can't be taking his mom away too. Then he wouldn't be able to grow up and be a 
outstanding citizen of society, okay? Anyway, Naz is like, Fine. I've waited centuries, and now it's mine. And Todd's like, remember our deal. Mm-hmm. And of course, Nazzy's like, Nazzy looks over and he says, yes, your mother's safe, but you're not. And Todd's <gasps> like, what? Shocking that the evil sorcerer wasn't being sincere. I know, right? Uh, Nazzy says, magic rule number one. And that's the one about not touching a magician's wand unless you let whatever, blah, 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 somebody hold it for you. <laughs> He's like, you never should have handed it to me. And now you're going to join the old man in the vortex. And Todd says, you can't do that. And he steps in front of a mirror. And he's like, magic rule number two. Only let him see what you want them to see. And Nazi points his wand. He says, be gone. And then he shoots force lightning out of it. <laughs> yeah. But, but Todd steps away just in time. The force lightning hits the mirror and reflects back onto Nazarak. All right. So yep. it, it was stupid of Todd to do everything that Todd did. Yeah. But I gave him the benefit of the doubt and thought, okay, of course he's giving Nasrak the fake tree wand. That's what I thought. So too. this is yeah. all so, you know, he's really just playing Nasrak. He's pretending to be stupid. But no, that's not at all what happened. He gave Nasrak the real fucking wand, and this plan yes. could have very easily failed. And he they would be enslaved yeah. for centuries. <laughs> Exactly, yes. You're it would dumb. have been a classic Gary ending. <laughs> Thankfully, everything works out, though, because, yeah. I mean, he seamlessly walked in front of that mirror, though. Like, he had that part planned. That was cool. But it could have just not worked. <laughs> yes, it could have not worked. Like, that force lightning could have just hit the mirror and, like, broke the mirror. <laughs> Instead of shooting force lightning, he could have just been like, uh fucking Nasrat can do and then just made him explode or something <laughs> like it didn't have to be lightning in a mirror no he could have made him disintegrate into a thousand spiders oh. <laughs> he could have done anything this is real fucking magic yes so the force lightning hits hits the mirror and is reflected back onto Nazarak Nazarak disappears and Shandu is poofed into his place yeah he blasts himself into being Shandu I don't know how <laughs> He switched places with him in the vortex again, I think. And then Todd says, magical rule number three, never get caught in your own reflection. Shandu congratulates him, saying, you did it, boy. And Todd's like, yeah, I guess I did. You guess you did. He says, I'm sorry I didn't listen to you, Shandu. And Shandu then says, he should be the one that needs to be apologizing. He's been trusted with this wand for far too long, and he's been searching for somebody to take his place, which is why he handed it to Todd in the first place. Todd passed the test, and Shandu hands him the wand. He's like, the magic is powerful, so be careful. Todd says he doesn't know how to use it, and Shandu's just like, yeah, you'll learn. It really is a Willy Wonka situation. Yeah, so much. He smiles, and he says, I think he said, I don't live far away. But for now, I leave you with one more rule. Magic rule number four. Always leave them wanting more. And then he force ghost disappears. He yeah. turns into a force ghost. Yeah, he's one with the force now. <laughs> Just winks out of existence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His mom opens the door. She comes inside. And she's like, you'll never believe the night I had. And then she's like, she says, hey, where's my tree? As Todd smiles, 
holding the wand. The end. Yeah. The house is in disarray. She's like, where's my fucking tree? <laughs> That's all she cares about. <laughs> what an she pushes episode. past her son like, where's my tree? Where is it? <laughs> she should be like, hey, you didn't fucking wake me up in an hour like I asked you to. Seriously, I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was late, late. this crappy storyboard. I ran over a mailman on my way there. I was so late. Fuck. <laughs> so now I'm fired and going to prison. Thanks. <laughs> all I got. And all I wanted was I my tree. I just run home for this baguette. <laughs> oh my gosh. What an episode. I loved it. Back at the Midnight Society, Gary says that that's the last time Todd saw the old magician. <laughs> <laughs> Which contradicts what he just said i think which is i don't live very far away but hey he may not see him again but he'll hear him he'll be like use the tree todd (laughs) shoot force lightning at your mom todd (laughs) the kids all smile a little bit gary grabs a bucket of water dumps it on the fire as betty and the others get up they silently walk away but frank stays behind and he grabs that stick that gary had earlier and he taps it on the rock and then Kiki comes back and she's like, hey, you coming or what? And Frank drops the stick and he walks away. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah. What a great episode. <laughs> I think I would like it better if the acting were better. I expected more out of Dougie. I had no problem with the acting. I thought Todd acted well. I really liked Shandu. Uh, Nazrak was over the top goofy, but in a good way. Yeah, no complaints on the acting. My complaint is the way that he reacted to everything, though. (laughs) This bizarre bullshit is happening all around him. Magic is real, and he's just like, huh, look at that. That's not how you act, man. You have magic in the palm of your hand. You're Harry Potter, and and, and you're just going to be like, oh, okay. Oh, magic's real, wow. Like, no. That's interesting. A woman... A beautiful woman materializes behind you, and you're just like, wow, this is weird. <laughs> Didn't make any sense to me. No. And there's like a hundred bike riding scenes. You know, I gotta say, as soon yeah. as I heard mention of the Vortex, I thought, oh shit, Todd's Todd's ending up in this Vortex. Yeah. This is a Gary story. Todd, his mom, all those <laughs> ducks, the fucking rabbit, everyone's gonna be in the Vortex. <laughs> yeah very surprised that gary had some restraint this time or trap everybody you know he wanted to nazarek is stuck in the vortex at least somebody's in that vortex yeah i mean it's different when it's a bad person who probably should be in a vortex <laughs> yeah you're not wrong there either all right so i didn't really care for this episode while i was watching it but talking about it all right it's not that bad I wouldn't say I loved it, but it wasn't that bad. Just a bunch of cool movie references around. So, a... what movie reference have we got? Obviously, Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Star Wars, Indiana Evil Jones, Dead. Evil Dead. I mean, Willy the, Wonka. the Willy Wonka thing, I don't know if it's so much a reference as yeah. it's kind it's of a, a trope, trope but I'm going to say that that's a reference. Okay. I thought the mom looked like Elaine from Seinfeld. I mean, everybody looked like Elaine from Seinfeld in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I thought Elaine was cute. My wife. Did you? Yeah, I like Julie <laughs> Dreyfus, whatever her name is. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. 
Yeah, I think she's cute. I didn't like her hair in the earlier seasons. She had the big poof in the front and the long hair in the back. <laughs> Not a fan. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. She's my favorite member of Seinfeld. I've never really watched Seinfeld, though, so don't yell at me. You should. I know I should. It's a great show. Still. Hey, this is a great show still, too. Boom. Next next podcast is a Seinfeld podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, let's finish this episode before we start another podcast. Okay, fine. The Tale of the Magician's Assistant. Name sucked. But, I mean, I guess it told the story. Yeah, that's what it's about. I think we could easily come up with better names. What do you think? All right. Let's do it. <sighs> the Tale of the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Damn it, that was my first one. <laughs> so obvious. It's right there. I know, it really was. Um, the Tale of the Many Bike Rides. Uh, the Tale of Palpatine's Padawan. <laughs> tale of the Smoking Jacket. Mm, the Tale of the Wizard's Ward. The Tale of the Interesting Stick. <laughs> the stick wasn't interesting. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it looked like shit. <laughs> The tale of the necromancer's neophyte. The tale of I wish. Nope, I'm done. <laughs> We're done here. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so yeah, season two, episode twelve is up next. Fuck. And We're almost done with the season. I know. We only have just a few short episodes left. It really does feel like we just started it. I feel like we say this every single fucking episode, but I feel like we just did Final Wish. Yeah. So the next episode is called The Tale of the Hatching. Hmm. Who do you think is going to be talking about this tale? I think this is a kiki. A kiki, huh? Yeah, right. It's not going to be fucking kiki. No, Nobody's going to let kiki tell another story after that dream machine mishap. Yeah, she broke protocol. <laughs> she did. Gary's like, you're suspended. <laughs> She's like, all right, but everybody better show up on time next time. <laughs> So you hear the tale of the hatching. What do you think it's going to be about? Well, this sounds like a classic case. A couple of kids out hiking find an abandoned egg in the woods. They don't know what it is. They bring it home, put it under one of those little heat lamps. (laughs) They think they're going to get a, you know, a bird of some kind, maybe an alligator if they're lucky. Yeah, sure. But no, it's a fucking monster. Excellent. Excellent one, Chris. I mean, Brandon. It's that sounds a like a good story. Yeah, I'd listen to that. Chances I'd are that's not going to be probably better be, than but... Hungry Hounds. Yeah, well, we will talk about that in our wrap-up episode. We'll see if it is or is not better than Hungry Hounds. All right. But for now, I've been up all night. I'm getting tired. Yes. So sleepy. About ready for bed. All right. I'm sure you're tired too. Always. I know, right? Sleep is the best. (sighs) All right, Brandon. I will talk to you in a week. Yep. Bye, everybody. Bye. Guy's a boss from hell.